And welcome to Detention. This week, joining us for the entertainment section of the Detention Podcast, we have Jason Aldean, Sinead O'Connor, Randy Messner, Paul Rubin, and Angus Cloud. You know what I was thinking about the other day? I don't know why I never thought about this before, but if you really think about it, national anthems are just country music. Literally. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Oddly enough, goes right into the first person we're going to talk about. So the first four people that I'm going to be talking about are, I guess, theoretically no longer people. They're dead. But uh, Sinead O'Connor has passed away at the age of 56. Uh, She is an Irish singer. Uh, She was uh, been more popular kind of in the early kind of mid nineties ish kind of era, uh, era of music. Um, she has been open about her struggle with addiction, mental health throughout her entire career. So she's been big support and, um, help to people, a part of that community. Uh, she's even wrote, written a memoir in 2021 called rememberings about her struggles with that kind of stuff. Um, she's also pretty controversial, which one of them being she refused to play national anthems at her shows, which nice. when she first started her uh, career upset Frank Sinatra. <laughs> and Frank Sinatra said, I hope someone could kick her ass. So, you know, that's kind of cool. She boycotted Saturday Night Live in 1990 because Andrew Dice Clay was hosting and she felt that his comic, his comedy was too misogynistic, misogynistic and homophobic that she refused to play. Then two years later, she was actually on Saturday Night Live doing a musical performance. And during, this is the story goes, that during her performance, she would rip up a, uh, a picture of something else, whatever it was. I don't remember what it specifically was. But when, during the live airing, she actually ended up ripping up a picture of the Pope at that time <laughs> uh, and said, fight the real enemy. Oh, which lovely. the balls on this chick. It's awesome. I'm not a big fan of her music, to be honest, but I know that she did have a big um, influence on Irish music when she first came out, so it's sad that she's passed. Also going into music, Randy Messner, who is one of the founding members of the legendary rock band The Eagles, dies at 77. He was a bassist and a vocalist. Uh, He died from complications from chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Uh, and he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1988 with the Eagles. He has also been credited with being uh, responsible for writing songs on numerous albums of theirs. Um, so yet another founding member that has passed away. I think they're only down to like two of the four, maybe one of the four founding members now. Uh, Paul Rubin also passed away just today, or these last two people passed away just today. So Paul Rubin, who is best known as being Pee Wee Herman, dies at age 70. Uh, He first got his roots with Pee Wee Herman being a character in Los Los Angeles for the improv group The Groundlings, which I didn't know he was a part of The Groundlings, which is like one of the kind of famous uh, improv groups within the country. Uh, He went on to create and co-write and co-direct the series Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse on CBS, where he then was, uh, the series itself earned 22 Emmy nominations and awards uh, during its run from 1986 to 1991. Uh, Rubin himself was nominated for 14 Emmy awards during his career, winning only twice. And this is my favorite thing, is that he was a part of the movie Blow with Johnny Depp. Have you ever seen that? No. Okay. So it's a movie about, you know, this guy 
cocaine. Yeah, is selling cocaine. It's based on a true story. Um, but my favorite thing is I when I first watched Blow, I think I was either in high school or college, and then Paul Rubin's character comes on. I'm like, that's fucking Pee Wee Herman. And I'm like, oh, Pee Wee Herman's a drug dealer. <laughs> like, that's fucking hilarious. Uh, so rest in peace to him. Obviously, he has controversies to him as well. Do you know what they were? Touching little people. So that's the rumor as they touch uh, little kids. He didn't actually do that. He was just caught masturbating in an adult theater. Nice. So, you know, public people masturbate. Public indecency is basically what got him. So a lot of people ran with that. And the last person that I wanted to kind of talk about, uh, very, very young, younger than us, Angus Cloud dies at the age of 25, which occurred just shortly before we started recording. Uh, he played Fezco on Euphoria, the hit HBO series that had two seasons. Um, not too much inf- information about his death at this time, though it is predicted that it is possible suicide uh, due to his family re- releasing a statement saying that he has had struggles with mental illness and stuff like that. But he also lost his father last week, and apparently he was extremely close to his father. And his family said that he has had uh, tremendous struggles since his father's death um, with his depression. So... Very sad news going into our entertainment. A lot of people fucking died this past week, which just sucks. Eric, a lot of people die every day. You're right. These are just famous people that die. Yeah. Yeah. So people... <laughs> Never mind. Say it. People actually care. <laughs> <laughs> that these ones died? Yeah. Well, I am extremely sad about Angus Cloud. He was my favorite character on Euphoria. I've watched one episode. Didn't really care for it. Really? Yeah. I don't even know if he was in the first episode. He was. Was he? Yeah. He's a, I don't know if he was a tremendous actor. He just plays a, played a stoner very, very well. Uh, But he was very charismatic. Um, It's just unfortunate. But going into lighthearted news somewhat, what do you want to talk about with Jason Aldean? Yeah. So we referred to it last week or the last time. Did we record last week? Yeah. Yeah. About (laughs) Jason Aldean. In his controversy with the song Try This in a Small Town or Try That in a Small Town, whatever the fuck that song's called. Yeah. Well, he has been going to big cities to play this, ironically. And he went to Boston recently, and he had a three-minute little spiel before the he played the song and had the nuts to kind of connect it to the Boston bombing. So Yeah, Boston, not a small town in and of itself. Right. So... so it's a very long quote, so I'll get through it relatively quick, quickly, but clearly. He said, I was lying in bed last night, and I'm thinking to myself, you guys would get this better than anybody. Uh, because I remember a time, I think it was April of 2013, when the Boston Marathon bombings happened. You guys remember this, right? Like, they wouldn't fucking remember this. Yeah, like, Bostonians wouldn't remember that. Right. Uh, what I saw when that happened was a whole, not a small town, a big ass town come together. The whole country and especially Boston came together to find these two pricks, pussies. I don't know. It I, just, think it, it I think it means out. pussies. Yeah. yeah. That did that. Right. And any, and any of you guys that would have found those guys before the cops did, I know you guys from Boston and you guys would have beat the shit out of them. That probably true. That yeah. Bostonians would have whooped ass. But at the same time, I've, I've watched a documentary on the Boston bombings mm-hmm. and everything happened 
within 96 hours. Between the bombings and finding them, 96 hours. And for a good majority of the time, everyone was scared shitless hiding in their houses because A, the city told them to, mm-hmm. and B, they didn't want to get killed. And there was a huge shootout in the middle of a street. Like, yeah, I remember they were like by a boat in a like uh, he found a he, residential area. Yeah, yeah, and that's where they had the shootout and where one of them died because mm-hmm. they were brothers. Mm-hmm. One of them died in the street, and the other ran, hid in a boat in that same area, and they went on a manhunt for like a day and a half. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I also don't know how you can make the connection between my song, which is you know a dog whistle and has racial tones to it to the Boston Marathon bombing. You know, I'm glad you said that because here's more of a quote. Okay. I've been trying to say this. It's not about race. It's about people getting their shit together, acting right, acting like you got some common sense, which also begs the question. And this is what we talked about before we started recording is how is the protest that, cause he's referring to protests um, that he actually put as clips in his music video. That's, are of people acting out, burning down buildings, causing taxpayers all this money just so that you can go and show that you're pissed off to me was a quote from him. Mm -hmm. But that's not common sense. Let's, let's think about why they were doing all these things. You have a community who was actually systematically getting targeted Mm -hmm. for being who they are and either dying or being put in jail. And when they demand that something be different, people say no, and then they keep killing people that look like them for no reason. They start to act out. Mm-hmm. Let's think about this. You're saying that doesn't—that's not yeah, common sense. Yeah, you're saying the opposite would be common sense to right. continue to be persecuted. Yeah, and just take it. Yeah. Do I agree with rioting and looting and vandalism? No, I do not but I can understand the reasoning behind it. I'm not saying it's right, and I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying I understand the reasoning behind it, and for you to have the fucking gall to say that, oh, you should try that in a small town. I keep seeing this picture on Facebook, and it's a picture of a, of a black kid who just got killed relatively recently mm-hmm. jogging in a white neighborhood. Yeah. He got shot because he was jogging. People thought he was stealing something. Mm-hmm. And the post says... Try that in a small town. And it's a picture of that kid. And he goes, I did. That just proves the whole point right there. The, the fucking nuts you have to say and to back this saying, try that in a small town. You can say, wait, whatever you want to try to defend this, but you cannot. I just, I don't understand how you can deny the undertones. Like either you're completely blind to it. You're ignorant to it or you don't care. And he tries to or use all of the above. And, well, he tries to use the fact that there was a mass shooting at one of his concerts in Las Vegas. What? Five years ago. I think, do you remember that the route 90 shooting or the route 91 something? Was it five years ago? Something like that. It was in Vegas. It was the one where he killed like 50 some people. Yeah. Was that his, that was his concert. Oh, I thought that was someone else's. No. And he talks about it every year saying like, Oh, I know what this is kind of like, like with the shootings and everything, but so you understand what it's like to have people innocently mowed down, but not understanding the concept because these are innocent people who are just black. Mm-hmm. And this is why that's happening. 
like you can make the arguments that a lot of these black people who have been killed um, weren't cooperating with law. But they also, if you watch a lot of the videos, we're not doing anything wrong. We're completely not the aggressors. Well, they're in compliance. Yeah. And when they said, I don't have to do this, you have no right. They were right in that aspect and still got killed anyway. Mm. Absolutely ridiculous. Have you seen the news that's been coming out for like the Breonna Taylor stuff? So, no. The, the uh, Merrick Garland has actually issued indictments for different officers that were involved. Actually, not different officers. It was like either the city or the police department or something because they learned in an investigation that it was a systemic plan that the city and different officials had to gentrify that neighborhood of trying to scare and intimidate people of color to leave that neighborhood so they can basically build up and put white people in it. And what they were supposedly supposed to be doing is like firing random shots to make the neighborhood seem unsafe. Right. Fired it into, um, was it Breonna Taylor or am I thinking of a different person who was Breonna murdered? Taylor was the no knock warrant. Oh, and her, yeah. And her boyfriend. Then I don't, mm, maybe it wasn't her, but it was somebody that was uh, an African-American woman who was murdered because uh, basically the cops were trying to intimidate people to leave. And now they're being charged for this because obviously you can't fucking do that. You can't just force people out of a neighborhood because you want to do something with it. There are people fucking living there. That's ridiculous. So it, it it just keeps playing into this of like, like you said, you're either just ignorant or you just don't care. And I think for what Jason Aldean's right, he brings up the mass shooting at his concert, however many years ago in Las Vegas. I think he doesn't see the difference between indiscriminate killing and discriminate killing. No. Of like, I was at a concert. A lot of people that were at my concert died. That's indiscriminate. There was nobody that was just trying to kill a specific group of people there. Mm -hmm. It was just, I want to kill as many people who are at this event. As opposed to what his song, which is a major dog whistle to, is discriminate killing of people who are black, right? Simply because they are. I don't think he is willing to see the difference between the two and see that both of them are equally as bad because people are dying. And one specifically could be arguably worse because it's discriminate because they're black. Right. Therefore, they need to fall in line. It's a hate crime. Exactly. I, again, he could just be fucking stupid, but I think he just honestly does not care. But it plays into country music is no longer what it used to be of being almost a rebellious form of music mm -hmm. and sticking up for people who are disenfranchised of all doesn't matter if you're a white well, there was a or anything. Garth Brooks quote from a song that I saw, and it was talking about how we can't be free until all these things happen, and a lot of it was being equal. Mm -hmm. It's like country music's never always been this racist, like weird idealist behind, like super political thing. Sometimes it was just... We want everything to be equal, right? And it's it's mind blowing how things change, especially like with Jason Aldean. He he's had a lot of songs that have like played towards like a small town upbringing, but he's also had a song in 2019 that talked about 
leaving a small town. Mm-hmm. And his small town is like hundred something thousand people that he grew up in, and apparently he went to a private school. It's like yeah, so none you don't of, actually know what this is like. Yeah, none of this plays into. It's playing the, towards his base, not him. Yeah, exactly. Your roots are not of that, right? Yeah, the city that he's from is called uh, Macon, Georgia, or Mackin, whatever, or Mason. I could be all of these. So it's a C. So I'm sure it's. Mason. Anyway, it's got 153,000 people. I'm sure it was less when he was growing up there, but it's still a lot of people. That's more than where we live. And we would say this is a metropolitan area of the Midwest, at least for the state of Iowa, because we don't have a lot of big cities. So, yeah, he has no excuse. It's not Atlanta, by any means. No, it's not Atlanta, but Atlanta's got several millions of people. Exactly. So in comparison, yes, it's a small town, but 135,000 or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Not a small town, dude. If you take the average of cities in the United States, there are a lot more small cities and large ones that can delineate down to roughly that. Exactly. I mean, shit, I know people that I went to college with who, I mean, I think you're one of them, that their high school graduating class, like, not grad, well, their graduating class was like 90. I went to school with some people's graduating class that was like 30, which was a normal classroom for my high school. Yeah, I graduated with 56. Yeah, I graduated 330. Yeah. 56 would have been two of my classrooms combined. I mean, I went to school with a guy that he was the person graduating from his high school. One. Yeah, nuts, right? Mm-hmm. That's a small town where you know every single person. Mm-hmm. And you know everybody's business. And when you don't know somebody, then you're like, who the fuck's this person? That's a small town. I can guarantee you, Jason Aldean did not grow up knowing every single person in his town. Or even his graduating class. Right. Like... I don't know what the population of Cedar Rapids is. Will you look it up for me really quick? I can, yeah. Because I want to make a comparison. 136. So his population of his town is higher than Cedar Rapids now. I don't know even half the people, probably not even a quarter or an eighth of the people, even when I was growing up. And I knew a lot of people. I knew a decent amount of everybody in my high school I knew a lot of people in my high school, which was 1,600, mm-hmm. but I did not know everybody in my high school. I can guarantee you, he did not grow up in a small town. No yeah. fucking way. No shot. So stop being, stop trying to be somebody who you're not. You can be a country music singer. That's, I'm not knocking that. And there can be something said about like praising the small town life, but do not act like you're from there. Like and you, I know you don't live in a small town even now. No, guaranteed. Why would you want to? Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, continuing into that, uh, moving into, I mean, we're probably considered woke for having that conversation, but wokeness strikes again. Uh, oddly enough, with country music. I'll let you take this because I know you got some notes down. Oh, I actually don't have notes down. This. Oh, you just read some. I of just it? read it. Okay. Well, do you want to talk about it first? Sure, I can. So apparently, there's this. He's famous. I've never heard, never of, heard of his fucking I think he's name. just a songwriter. I mean, it says that he's a prolific artist in this article. I doubt he really actually is. Um, but he's written songs for Garth Brooks, Trace Atkins, and Brad Paisley. So those are very big names. Um, but in a new song that he wrote titled I'm Just Saying," he uh, argues that wokeness is destroying America from within. Um the song is being performed by a up-and-coming country star apparently named Austin Moody. Yeah, so the songwriter's name is Wynn Varble. Uh, the lyrics that he has 
are they call themselves enlightened but cancel those who don't agree i wish all these folks would claim they're woke would just go back to sleep continuing saying i'm just saying we have all have we all lost our minds i'm just saying where do we draw the line i know y'all think it takes balls to be singing what i'm singing but i'm just singing what you're thinking i'll let you take it from here so can i acknowledge that there are certain aspects within society socially that people tend to kind of get a little bit out of shape more than they should. Oh yeah. I can agree with that, but that's not anything new. No, that's not something that is getting, I would say worse as the years go on or as generations get more accepting of the idea that how society has been should not what it should be continued moving forward. Right. I don't think wokeness is, threatening America. I think we're just becoming more aware of all the issues that people are affected by and we're trying to be more sensitive and fix them. That's not saying that things are getting worse. That's just you saying, I prefer things to be the way they were where I, a white man does not have to be conscious of the people who are around me that look different. Yeah. So the term woke really became popular in recent years referring to radical left-wing social activism, but it really started with the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. And I've seen recently, too, it's like when they use woke against liberals, they're using it in a way that's we want equality, we want people to be equal, we want people to have more rights. Mm -hmm. If that's what woke means, I'm all for, like, sue me. But the thing that blows my mind is he's actually quoted saying this, um... I don't have a problem with any of these people. I mean, we're all American, right? But when they force their stuff on us, that's the whole thing. It's a very small percentage of the population. These woke folks, they try to tell you who to love, how to feel, and it don't feel right. So here's the thing I want to attack He's about this. He's contradicting himself in that statement. I agree. Here's the thing that really irritates me about this, okay? They're forced their stuff on us. Abortion. Boom. You're forcing women to not have abortions and not be able to control their bodies. So you're being a hypocrite. Very small percentage of the population. I would say there is more than a small percentage of the population that is LGBTQIA or that is black. Weird. And they tell you who to love. No, we don't. We say let people love who they want. They're not telling you that you need to be in love with a gay man. Exactly. We're not telling you how to feel. We're saying... Let these people have equal rights. Let these people not be persecuted for being who they are. You can have your own intrusive opinions about things. Mm -hmm. It's just when you act upon those, that's when it's a problem. And we're also not telling you you have to be okay with it. True. You can be uh, abhorrently racist. Just don't do actions that are going to then prevent people from being who they are. If you want to be racist, I can't stop you from being racist. I can tell you. You shouldn't be racist. I can tell you not to say that it wasn't from me. It could escalate into a fight. But I'm not seriously sitting here and telling you. You have to. You can't be racist anymore. I, I I should say that, but can I make you do it? No. Exactly. There's free will. And if you are allowing racism to exist, then you should also allow people to fight against that for their betterment of their lives. Just because, again, why would it matter if... Someone who is either gay or Hispanic or Asian or whatever lives next to you in a house or does whatever they want with that house, in yeah. their house. 
the amount of times that we have said this on the show that is just it reiterates the point is we're not telling you what to do. What we're asking for is that you stop impeding on other people's lives and controlling them because it's something you do not like. Yes. Because they're, they're going to sit there and say, well, you're doing the same thing. No, we're not. Mm-mm. What Letting- we are asking for is not changing what you do. Mm-hmm. What you are doing is changing what people do. It's completely different. It is completely opposite. Yes. It is not the same thing we're talking about. I see about. why they make the comparison, but the comparison is wrong. That's just a fact. It's, it's not even opinion. That's a fact. It's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. We can keep talking right in the face about it, but it's <laughs> we're literally just the same every time. Yeah. Um, Let me go into the review second. Okay. Let me get into bad movie plot guesses. Okay. So always I have a theme, and if I don't, I'll, I guess I'll tell you that. Let me pull up my notes again because I fucking put them away. Ready? See, yeah. Mine are like from the perspective of the actor. Oh, wow. You're getting like meta. Really, really big boom. Oh, Oppenheimer? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, you, okay. So you've seen it. Yeah. Uh, Second, guy becomes convinced that he doesn't want to follow in his father's footsteps while asleep. This is why I prefaced it. So it's the guy who doesn't want to follow in his father's footsteps, but he's asleep. Yes. Hmm. Uh, oh. Is it Leonardo DiCaprio movie? It is. Okay. I just Inception? Yes. Okay. You got the theme yet? Uh, Christopher Nolan? Ooh. Is that the theme? That's funny. I didn't make that connection, but all three are Christopher Nolan. Okay, so it's not actually that, but I guess I have to think of other Christopher Nolan movies. That now. is nice. Good job. Okay. Good connection. There's a double connection. Oh, no, cool. I, I planned that all out. Damn, so fucking good. Which, now that I think about it, makes sense. I'll explain in a second. Okay. So you're two for two. Third one, doctor enjoys scaring criminals with hallucinogenic spray to stay in business. Okay, well that's uh, the just the Batman movie with Christian Bale. So, There's three of them. Genius. Yeah, so it's just Batman Begins. <laughs> yes. Okay. Do you Okay, so you thought it was Christopher Nolan. Yes. Do it's you know actually it? the lead actor in Oppenheimer. I can't remember his name. Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy, yeah. Yes. I really like Cillian Murphy, personally. So, I did, it, which makes sense for Christopher Nolan. He's one of those uh, directors that likes to use a lot of the same characters, uh, a lot of the same actors. Yeah, like Quentin Tarantino or... Um, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, yep. Or uh, the guy who hates Martin Marvel. Scorsese. Yes. Yep. So good job. I was going to say Martin Scorsese before you even said the guy that hates Marvel, and we came to the same conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. So you want to talk about Oppenheimer. Dude, I told my girlfriend. So it's a three-hour movie. Yeah. Okay, it's long that's long. Movie. That's long. For me, it didn't feel like it. For my girlfriend, it did. I'm sure it did. But we got done watching the movie, and I just turned to her, and I go, this is probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. Okay. You said that about one of the last movies that you watched with her. Which was? I don't remember. You went and saw a movie and you leaned over and said, that was fucking good. Yeah, but this was one of the best. This might like break my top three. Really? It is fucking awesome. Okay. Not only because it's a historical context, which I love. Or has nudity. 
which I was not expecting. That <laughs> threw me fucking off. I heard there's nudity, but I haven't seen it yet. There so. is, and it was happening. I was like, okay, not what I was expecting. Because she looks over at me, and we talked about it afterwards, and she's like, yeah, I could tell you weren't expecting that. It's like, nope. And it happens more than once. Okay. So titties. Okay. <laughs> so that's another reason why it's great. Right. Um, no, man. So Christopher Nolan is one of those directors that loves to have um, realistic shots. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what that term's called. But he doesn't Realism? Like, well, yeah, but he doesn't like to use a lot of CGI. Yeah. Um, and so I know... Practical effects. Thank you. There we go. And I know that with it being a Christopher Nolan movie, a lot of the shots were done using realistic things and not CGI, mm-hmm. which made it all better because it looked better. It looked real because well, mind-blowing it was. Mm-hmm. And I guess without spoiling it, really, um, it's very Tarantino-esque when it comes to like the timeline, it like jumps forward and back a little bit here and there. He does that in some of his movies. Yeah. So like in Dunkirk, I mean, he played the same segment of like 45 minutes in real time from like five people's perspective Mm -hmm. of that same event. Yeah. So it's, it's very like kind of a shot here is kind of going back, kind of going here, kind of going back. It's Mm -hmm. very, very interesting. And then one of the coolest things that I liked about it was, so it has Robert Downey Jr. in it, and mm-hmm. he's playing a... Um, he's playing a senator, isn't he? Kind of. It's. I think he's playing somebody in the military who's being um, selected by a, sen- like a senator committee mm-hmm. to be in a position, like on a cabinet position. Okay. And when it's Robert Downey Jr. explaining the story to the Senate committee, it's in black and white. And then when it's not that, it's in color. It's in color. Okay, so it does do the transition of, if you're watching a news event, this guy talking about it. Yeah. And then, boom, real life happening. Yeah. The people that lived it. And that with the visual effects of it, how they use the auditory aspects of it, because, I mean, obviously you see when they dropped the first bomb, mm-hmm. right? But the way that they did it, it's just so cool. It's a huge star-studded cast, which is another great thing. Like, you- oh yeah, I mean, there were people in this of like um, when I saw Robert Downey Jr. was in it, I was slightly surprised. Uh, Matt Damon's in it, and I was like, okay, Matt Damon in Christopher Nolan movie again. That's Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh. Yep, I mean, I knew Alex Florence Wolf, Pugh was in it because Josh was- Peck. Uh, yeah, I saw Josh Peck, yeah. Rami Malek. Like just a huge cast, and I'm like, holy shit! This that was honestly the first reason why I wanted to see it because I love big starts of cast. You don't see them a lot anymore because it's so expensive. Yeah, and I don't. To some extent, it doesn't always mesh well too. True, this one did. Yeah, I will say, um, one of my girlfriend's critiques of it was she didn't like Emily Blunt's character. Okay, I'm kind of hitting a miss on that one, but man. I just, I can't really explain why it was so good, but I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. The guy that played Bernard yeah. from Christmas or Santa Claus was in it. Yeah. She asked me who that was. And I was like, oh, that's Bernard from Santa Claus. She's like, no. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, I'm a, he gained a lot of weight. Yeah. Man, it's, it is such a good fucking movie. I, it is, I would say right now, just from like initial flash, it's in my top 10. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I like calm down and watch it a couple times again, it might not be. 
but visually one of the best movies I've ever seen. I was supposed to see it this past weekend because uh, we were supposed to head to Kansas City, but that fell through because a friend that wanted to see it with me and my fiance uh, wanted to see it in IMAX so he can experience all the sounds and stuff that goes with that. Oh, that would have been loud. It would have been. He turned it down because he wants to see it in the 70 millimeter film, uh. which is apparently like the best way to see it. And there's only like a few select locations in the country, and the closest one was Detroit. And he didn't want to go to Detroit. So we did not see it this weekend. Oh, dude. It's so good. I I was just blown away. No pun intended. But I, like, I saw jokes on TikTok of like how Christopher Nolan likes to use practical effects that he was willing to drop another atomic bomb <laughs> <laughs> just so he can get that shot. To be honest with you, <laughs> it would not surprise me with Christopher Nolan. But damn, dude, that movie rocked. Okay. It well, was so good. I'll have to see it. Um, me and my fiance are supposed to see Barbie soon, so I'm sure, and I'm not actually opposed to it. I, I do want, I do want to see Barbie. Well, if, let's just put it this way: because she doesn't want to go, Shapiro. if she, <laughs> if she doesn't want to go to Oppenheimer, I will happily go with you again. Okay, sound good. Sounds good. All right, social events. Yeah, so I only put down two. I didn't put down any descriptions because I know pretty much what they are, mm-hmm. um, and they're bigger. So Lollapalooza. Happening in Chicago. Look it up if you haven't seen it before. Yeah, it's a if big you musical festival that stretches like four days. Yeah. Lollapalooza is huge. It's in Chicago. But the other one is super important, near and dear to my heart. And so it's the only one I actually care about this weekend. Iowa Irish Fest, Iowa Irish Fest is happening yep. this weekend. And if you love anything Irish, this is definitely the place to go. There's they block off what four city four to five city blocks of downtown Waterloo. Yeah, they have a bunch of Irish vendors and they put on three or four different stages with different acts going on on Saturday. They have a really big Irish band named Gaelic Storm that performs and they're fantastic on Saturday. They have the Highland games going on. So like classic Scottish games and Irish games that you have, they have a 5k, they have a bike ride, they have a motorcycle bike ride. They have different, um, like, uh, tutorials and classes that you can do. Like one of them is like an Irish knot tying course. They have a blacksmith that is producing stuff live. Um, Irish, cream tastings they have a kid's zone it is a fucking blast it's expensive how fresh is that irish cream good oh dude it's fresh it's fucking awesome you're not getting my joke yeah uh-huh. <laughs> so two years ago when i went because i wasn't able to go last year um i had befriended this family and one of the things that they had booked was an irish cream tasting and so we went and they had this new Irish cream that was being made in Iowa is called five, five, no, it's not in Iowa genius. It's in Ireland, five farms, <laughs> Irish cream. And they were comparing it to other Irish creams that are in the market. Mm-hmm. Far and away better. It was all free. And they said, they asked me if I wanted to go because they had extra tickets that their people weren't going. I said, hell yeah. Absolute blast, man. Highly recommend it. So if you're in the area or you're not in the area and you want to come, please do it. It's always a blast. You can buy tickets at the gate, you don't have to pre pre buy them. It is pretty expensive, but it it is definitely worth it. Um, I have some coworkers that help man some of the booths for Irish Fest, 
And actually, uh, a friend of mine, I guess, mutual friend of ours now, I guess, he is like a somewhat city organizer or some way that he deals with different parks and stuff in the area. Oh, yeah. And he is in charge of Lincoln Park, where this event takes place. So he's kind of in charge of making sure things run smoothly during this time period. So he's it's a stressful time from this time of year because he wants he's on call for it, even if he's not during the workday working. So. It's it's a blast, man. If 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 any of our listeners have not been there, make the trip to Waterloo, Iowa. It is a fucking blast. Yeah. Uh fun facts from unusual knowledge. Yes. So this is a weird one, but it was fun. So we have people who claim to see UFOs all the time. Apparently, Which, hey, yeah. now fucking aliens are real. And it's like, okay. What the fuck do we do with that information? Like, they, never mind. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to get into it. But they had you know, like a whole Senate hearing or yeah. a House hearing. Aliens are real, guys. And the government just basically admitted that, yes, and we have a ship and a potential flyer of that craft. I don't really believe that. I want to see pictures. Because the guy who was talking is like, so I, I don't buy him on that. True. I mean, it does. Yeah. He's probably cracked out. Anyway. Well, celebrities have seen UFO sightings, apparently. Mm -hmm. There's five in this book that I'll tell you the names of, and I'll read two stories. You have Jimmy Carter, Jackie Gleason, John Lennon, Ronald Reagan, and William Shatner. What did you tell me about William Shatner before this? Well, that one makes sense, because, you know, he lives in space. (laughs) Okay. So Jimmy Carter said during a presidential campaign of 1976... He told reporters in 1969, before he was governor of Georgia, that he saw what could have been a UFO, quoting, saying, it was the darndest thing I've ever seen. Uh, He claimed that the object was in a group of others watched for about, sorry, the object that he and a group of others watched for about 10 minutes was as bright as the moon. And then he filed a report on the matter. And then Carter was often referred to as the UFO president after being elected. Not the peanut farmer? That too. But like. I never heard of him as the UFO president. I have not either. Interesting. So Eric also said with William Shatner that he didn't really believe this one. Yeah. So for decades, the man who played Captain Kirk in the original Star Trek claimed that an alien had saved his life when the actor and a group of friends were riding their motorbikes to the desert in the late 60s. Shatner was inadvertently left behind when his bike wouldn't start after he drove into a giant pothole. Shatner said that he spotted an alien in a silver suit standing on a ridge and that it led him to the gas station into safety. Uh, Shatner later stated in his autobiography up till now that he made up the part about the alien during a television interview. <laughs> yeah. Figures. I mean, no offense to William Shatner, but I'm sure he wants to do anything he can to yes, play man. his part of, you know, a guy out in space. All right. So unpopular opinions. Um, mine is that I think horseradish is underrated. I think horseradish sucks. Yeah, I, I figured you would. It's good. No, it's not. It's spicy. It's gross. It's got good flavor. No, it doesn't. It mixed well with mayo. Maybe. It does. That's what horseradish sauce is. <laughs> uh, it, Depending on how much of it you add, because you, you probably could add too much, not in my opinion, but I'm sure some people would say you can add too much. It does enhance flavors of certain meats, so it's good with like uh, prime rib, roast beef, that kind of stuff. If but. you ever bring horseradish to tailgating, I'm throwing it in the grill. Well, I would for my burgers, but I'm not going to make you eat it. Good, because I won't. <laughs> it's, I think it's just, 
a little underrated. It I don't know why people rag on it so much. It's just something that's a little bit spicy. And if you can't handle the spice, which we've already talked about, if you can't handle it, you're a little bitch. <laughs> I can deal with the spice of it. It's just not good. It doesn't taste good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it sure doesn't. It It's a little bit acidic. It hits you with a little bit of acidity. And then it's just kind of a, a little bit of smoothness. And then it's just spice. You know what? I'll try it again just for you. But I'm probably going to hate it. Yeah, it's good with in cocktail sauce, too. Mm-hmm. That's what's in cocktail sauce is horseradish. So if you don't uh, like cocktail sauce, it's I don't eat cocktail sauce. You know oh. why? Because most of the shit you eat cocktail sauce with is shrimp. Oh yeah. And guess what? I can't eat. Well, now still can't. True. <laughs> but even before. <laughs> so for me, my unpopular opinion. I don't know. It depends on really who you're talking to. I think country music's annoying. Um. So I didn't used to think that until um. Someone had told me that country music is just the same and it all sounds the same. And then that like shattered my glass of country music to the point where every time I listen to country music, it literally just sounded the same. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see it. People have made that comparison with me and my music too, which kind of stands on its own basis. But yeah, I would say probably country music fans would say the same thing that I do is that when you actually listen to it, it's a little bit different, but no, I would agree that it, it is all the same. There was a couple of jokes that I could have used for the joke of the week of like how I played the same country song for three hours and, or the same five country songs for three hours. And everyone thought it was three hours of different music. Yeah. But yeah, I, I can't stand it anymore. Like I'll listen to it if people are there, but I detest it. I like old country. There's songs I like. I'm not saying that it's all bad, but I just, I especially the newer stuff, can't fucking deal with it. Well, no, it's stadium country, and it's it's again, it has lost its kind of original roots, which we've talked about earlier in this podcast. It's just not the same, and it's just so much pandering, and it's not even legitimate. You know, you have these big country music stars that are on like thousand acres of land saying that they're from small towns and they make millions of dollars, and it's like, no, sorry, none of this is real. Yep. Maddie Poppy is maybe the only person that I could say, oh, yeah, she sings real country music because she's from a small town in Iowa. But other than that, she's not even that popular. Right. So, so it's like, who the fuck cares? All right. Uh, finishing up this episode with this day in history for August 4th, starting with the most recent and going back the furthest in time. In 2021, so just a few years ago, Rihanna was named the world's wealthiest female musician worth $1.7 billion by Forbes. Uh, in 15... Not 15. Jesus. 1956, Elvis Presley releases Hound Dog, which is a cover of Big Mama Thornton's original, which was written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. 1944, Anne Frank was arrested in Amsterdam by German security police uh, following a tip-off of an informant that was not named. Little bitch. I know. Almost made it. Uh, 1936, American athlete Jesse Owens wins his second gold medal in the Berlin Olympics. He beats German Lutz Lutz Long in the long jump uh, final for the Olympic record. And then 1873, classified as the beginning of the Indian Wars, uh, while protecting a railroad survey party in Montana, U.S. 7th Cavalry under Lieutenant Colonel George Armstrong Custer, clashes for the first time with the Sioux near the Tongue River. One person's killed on both sides. Seems kind of like a waste. Right. Waste of a battle. Mm-hmm. And they would go on into him basically having a crusade of, like, I need to eradicate natives. 
and got fucked. And then, yeah, gets his ass, cleaped, ass, <laughs> ass cheeks clapped. All right. Uh, famous birthdays. We have Dylan and Cole Sprouse, the actors, uh, President Barack Obama. My boy. Meghan Merkel, the Duchess now. Uh, Jeff Gordon, the former NASCAR driver. Billy Bob Thornton, the actor. And then Daniel Day Kim, who's an actor. He's best known for being in Lost. Oh. And then, like, the resurgence of Hawaii Five-0. Gotcha. So, I want to throw him in there as well. All right, that wraps up this week's episode of the entertainment section of the Detention Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please spread the word and encourage others to listen. You can follow us on Twitter at DetentionPod1, or you can send us an email at DetentionPodcast1 at gmail.com. You can listen to the Detention Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We'll see you again next week.